Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Howdy doody players and welcome to not just a sports report, more specifically UFC Vegas 76 from the UFC Apex in Las Vegas. It's time for thoughts and comments. The card of course headlined by Sean Strickland and Abus Magomedov, an unranked prospect but if you've listened to the pod recently and I do apologize, there have been a few UFC ones I haven't done. Uh, but starting next week, International Fight Week, I believe, UFC 290, a real Australian and Kiwi flavor to the card. Sean Brady dropping out though. Jack Della Maddalena looking for an opponent. We need him on that card, but it's going to be hard to find someone who's going to take that fight on short notice. Uh, so next weekend, Headlined by two title fights, Moreno Pantoja, and of course Alexander the Great Volkanovsky, who we saw in Perth earlier this year, up against the interim champion, who we also saw in Perth earlier this year, Yair Rodriguez. A fighter who Alex Volkanovsky is taking very seriously. From all the chat leading into the fight bar from Alex, Yair Rodriguez might be the opponent he takes the most seriously in terms of threat levels uh, because of what Yair uh, possesses. But that's for next week. So we are about to launch right back into the UFC content full time. That includes predictions. That includes thoughts and comments. And over on our Instagram, at not just a sports report, uh, for pay-per-views, I'm also going to start doing like a feature, kind of like a column with visuals, hard to kind of explain. Things like Highlight Fighter, a couple of fighters throughout the card, uh, yeah, that I'm having a special focus on, uh, on. I can't speak English. Holy shit, I'm a bit scattered today, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, it'll be good, but let's get to today. I actually can't speak English. Oh, I can't speak English, but I can't speak properly, which is good for a podcast that is just about to start. I'll tell you what else is just about to start. Uh, We've only got three fights left in the live portion of this card. Uh, So at the end, once I've seen the main event, I will go back through all the results from today, starting at the bottom of the card with friend of the show, kind of Alexander Romanov getting back in the win column. Um, We'll work all our way up to the main event, Abus Magomedov, Sean Strickland. And what I was going to say is if you've listened to the podcast before, You would know one of my major themes in the UFC right now uh, is that the 185 division is looking for stars. There was no one ready to challenge Israel Adesanya around this time, or Adesanya. Um, And now there are heaps of guys emerging. Brandon Allen, Caio Baralho, Rodolfo Vieira. There's too many to name. And I've said time and time again, as we enter 2024, I believe middleweight is going to be stacked. I believe 1 to 10, about 8 or 9 of those guys will be viable 
title contenders. So it's a very exciting time for the division. And of course, next week for the card, uh, for the preview, I'll be going through Drikus Duplessis, Robert Whittaker, winner goes to Sydney to challenge Izzy for the belt. So middleweight is a division that I am highly excited about right now. And we have a 185 main event. And I've spoken about some of the matchups. Paolo Costa's next matchup against Aleskarov is another great example. And the UFC, we don't want to see the same guys matched up all the time. Because there are, you know, your Whittakers, Vittori, Cannoneers, Costa... Uh, who hasn't been very active, There's, and then Izzy at the top. There are a lot of the same guys, and so we don't want to. I don't want to need to see necessarily another Strickland, Cannoneer, for example. There are enough stars. So whilst this fight, there has been some curiosity around someone like Sean Strickland, who's still in title shot contention, uh, being matched up against an unranked prospect. But I love it. Aleskarov Costa, another fight I love a lot. Uh, Brendan Allen now coming off another big finish win, beating guys like Muniz um, and Silva, not Tiago Silva, Bruno Silva, sorry. Uh, so yeah, middleweight is about to explode. And this main event intrigues me a hell of a lot. Sean Strickland up against Marga Medov. Uh, but I'm just going to check where we're up to on the TV. Ah, oh, we're about to have... Joe Martinez in the Apex uh, is about to introduce our fighters. So like I said, we've got three fights to go in the live portion of this card. What else is in store? Well, once I've got through the live reactions portion, uh, I'll just give a quick thoughts on all the results from today and kind of what it means and how the fights went down. Uh, and then I'm going to finish off with the performance highlights. Now, if you find yourself, you get to the performance highlights, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to pause this podcast. I, I got life to live. I might go do something else. Well, if we get to the performance highlights, the podcast is like an in-depth breakdown, but I'm also going to post them on our Instagram at Not Just a Sports Report. And that'll just be in visual form, things like performance of the night, our top prospects, all sorts, fight of the night, fights to make next potentially. Uh, so I'll finish off with performance highlights, but we're about to go. And a long time prospect of this podcast that I have been talking about, Michael Morales, the Ecuadorian, in action against Max Payne Griffin. I wanted to talk a bit more before this fight. Uh, essentially, thoughts and comments. I like to give some thoughts before the fight and then some comments after. But we are literally about to kick off. So we're going to launch straight into this one. Uh, I went with Michael Morales by knockout. Max Griffin, a tough, tough dude. I just have very high praise for Michael Morales, who is someone I think that has top 15 written all over him. So we're going to launch into it now. In fact, we already have uh, 15 seconds into the bout. So now there's nothing else to do but get amongst it. I'm going to be back in a moment with my thoughts and comments. Welterweight division action between Michael Morales and Max Payne Griffin. Alright, Michael Morales gets the win. Unanimous decision. What a prospect. Max Griffin, no easy assignment. Uh, but Griffin, 0 from 8. 
in takedown attempts. Michael Morales keeping the fight standing. That is clearly where he's at the best, uh, at his best. I can't speak still. And yeah, look, he doesn't get the finish, but he gets the win. And welterweight, a division that's heating up as well. Of course, I will speak soon about Renat Fakhridinov on this unbelievable streak, looking like an all-time prospect. Uh, one of the points I thought about coming into the fight uh, for Renat was that, look, he's had a very low level of competition across this crazy streak, other than Brian Battle, who took the fight on short notice. Now he fights Kevin Lee, absolutely steamrolls him. You have guys like Michael Malott or Mike Malott out there. Uh, so Michael Morales gets the win. Michael Bisping accidentally called him Marlon quickly in a slip of the tongue, which is funny because Bisping's name is Michael and so is Morales. Uh, but anyway, Michael Morales. Uh, I've been a fan of his ever since he burst onto the scene. Dana White Contender Series product. I've spoken about him every time he fights and I record a podcast, uh, I have such high hopes for Michael Morales and how far he can go within this division. So welterweight definitely heating up. Somebody needs to take that Jack Della Maddalena fight. Uh, and congratulations to Max Griffin. He put up a great showing against Morales. He just, yeah, wasn't, wasn't the better fighter on the night. So Morales moves forward. And as for what I'd like to see, Morales has fought Adam Fugit and finished him, um, as has Mike Malott coming off that huge Canadian card. Uh, so I, as far as fight, I would like to see next two guys who could very well in a couple of years be fighting for a championship. I would not mind seeing Mike Malott and uh, Michael Morales. I almost forgot his fucking name. Uh, but I'm a huge fan of uh, both, especially Michael Morales. And he's my top prospect. Like, I, in the performance highlights, every week, every card, I have a top prospect, one to watch. Uh, so I just nominate, like, the best prospect performance of the card and things like that. But then I also have a separate list of just, not just a sports report, top prospects. So there are guys who get it, and girls, week to week. But then there are the the extra level that I'm keeping a close eye on. Michael Morales is one of those top prospects, as is Mike Malott. I think that matchup would make a lot of sense. I would not be surprised if that's what we see next. And the winner of that would like have to get a major big name opponent on a pay-per-view next. So welterweight, it's getting exciting. And I love to see Michael Morales continue to kick on in his young career. Ecuador, a nation he is very proud to represent. Well, I tell you what, Ecuador would be very proud of Michael Morales right now. Let me just have a squiz though, where are we at? We're about to get in to the co-main event. Of course, tonight's main event, Magomedov and Strickland. Uh, but the co-main event, it's also quite an intriguing bout. So we now move on to action at 155 pounds. Grant Dawson and Demir Ismagulov. Dawson right about at that breakout point where a win here and he's well and truly on within this division. Whilst Demir Ismagulov, I thought he retired coming off that loss against Amir Sarukian, but he hasn't. So Ismagulov in action. He is one of the definite prospects 
at 155 that a lot of people are paying close attention to. And I've been paying close attention to both, but I'm actually, I'm actually siding with Grant Dawson here. And I'm going to go by decision, not ruling out submission either, but I like Grant Dawson. My picks for this card in particular haven't been great. I haven't been putting out the best picks over the last few weeks just because I haven't been consistently putting the preview podcast out there. It's interesting. When I put the preview pod out there, I usually do really well. And for UFC 290, um, I'm putting in a lot of extra work. It actually starts today as soon as I finish this podcast. So I'm going to be watching a ton of tape, a lot of media, UFC countdown, the press conferences, uh, the weigh-ins if I have time everything across the board, interviews from the fighters, finding out what their intent is going into the fight. I'll be covering it all. So be sure to check out the UFC 290 Predictions podcast. Uh, But for now, we stick with Vegas 76. I'm taking Grant Dawson by decision, uh, but Demir Ismagulov, he definitely has name value within the promotion. Uh, And it's very clear, co-main event, both these guys Despite, uh, especially for Ismagulov, a loss last time out, they're about where they should be. They might feel like maybe they could be a little bit further ahead, but this co-main event, they're about where they should be. And for the winner, well, this could propel them to new heights, and I think it will. So it's a matchup with a lot of importance. I'm not sure whether either guy is uh, ranked at this stage. I don't have my phone sitting here. We'll find out anyway, uh, but I'm going to launch into it now. Grant Dawson taking on Demir Ismagulov in our co-main event. Thoughts and comments, some more up next. And just quickly, before I jump into the fight, uh, they didn't show Grant Dawson's ranking, whether he is or not, uh, but Demir Ismagulov ranked 12th. Top 10 implications, we're getting into it right now who wins well i'm actually about to sit down and uh watch the fight but thanks to the power of editing well i'm going to tell you the result who wins and what i think about this right now grant dawson dawson domination he puts it down to his gym american top team 30 27 a 30 26 scorecard in there as well Uh, Just through the wrestling control, complete domination over a world-class fighter in Demir Ismagulov. Look, Grant Dawson, he doesn't get the finish, uh, but he does have a huge win in his career. I was highly impressed by that. There might be some people sitting on the couch like, oh, it's boring. He's just like wrestling him and holding him. It's like, okay, well, you try fucking doing that to Demir Ismagulov and then tell me it's not impressive. That's why I love mixed martial arts. If I wanted to just see punch-ons, which is obviously my favorite, love knockouts, love, you know, slugfests. But if I wanted to just see that, I could watch kickboxing, I could watch bare-knuckle boxing, I could watch boxing. I love mixed martial arts. I love the element. And then, of course, you know, Grant Dawson, the beauty of that, Demir Ismagulov, not a noted striker, uh, so they could pair Dawson up against someone who has explosive knockout power. Uh, But very bright future ahead for Grant Dawson. My prediction was Dawson by decision, 
and that came up trumps. So there we go. I didn't have any money on it. Uh, but the the main event, I still can't speak. Main event is about to start. Abus Magomedov has just entered the cage. Sean Strickland, who, as always, makes me laugh. Now, I don't agree with everything he says, but fuck. Even sometimes if he says something that I'm like, I don't know, I don't get offended legitimately. But if he says something that's like a bit offensive or just a bit uncouth, even then sometimes it just makes me laugh. Like, there are a lot of people in America who are like, yeah, I'm a straight shooter. It's like, no, you're not. Usually they're just like a dumb cunt. But Sean Strickland genuinely is someone that just, like, he just talks shit, but he says what he feels. He doesn't try and portray this character or image as a UFC fighter. Like, he's just himself, and he's basically just like, yeah, I'm just fucking here to fight. Yeah, I'm not going to be a superstar. He's referred to himself as like a prostitute that's just the UFC like, fight this guy and we'll pay you this money. And he's like, done. I'm fucking there. Uh, But he trains under Extreme Couture. And we've seen Sean Strickland is an amazing fighter. We have had a huge sample size of Strickland's fighting ability uh, and his personality. Like, I think Adesanya would love to face Strickland. He'd love to finish Strickland. But that, like, the hype definitely is part of it. And one thing I like about Strickland, whilst he's authentically himself, he's not trying to be someone that he's not, he does dial it up, which you have to, you dial it up a notch, be a bit of a a character. And we've had a bit of a a taste of what a Strickland and Izzy kind of lead up would look like. And just, yeah, Strickland... Strickland is funny. Strickland is very funny. And I'm a fan of him as a fighter. He's one of those guys, you know, I'm a fan of him as a fighter. He's funny. But he'd be a fucking, he'd be the first guy to admit it'd be a weird cunt, weird character to fucking hang out with or just see around. He just, he's on his own grind, which I love. And his chat in the lead up to this, him just being like, fucking, who the fuck is Abus? Who is this guy? Basically, he got knocked out by Lewis Taylor in the PFL, or as Strickland referred to it, got knocked out by like some old as fuck guy. Uh, So Strickland has been on a tear, and I think he's a huge chance here, but I'm actually taking Abus Magomedov by decision. I was looking at knockout potentially for Abus. He looks like he wants to push toward a championship opportunity almost immediately. And as I've said, The biggest theme right now, middleweight division. There is such an opportunity for a lot of these stars to grab with both hands. And Magomedov, we have seen him for just 19 seconds inside the UFC octagon. Now we get him in a main event up against somebody the caliber of Sean Strickland, a top 10 opponent in the 185 division. Uh, And we've got Joe Martinez about to introduce them. Uh, So my final thoughts, I haven't focused too much on my pick here, Abus by decision. Uh, I went decision because I just have so much respect for Strickland as a fighter. I cannot count him out. Uh, But final thoughts, Strickland, we know he loves to train hard, very intense. Well, he has been training with Poetan, Alex Pereira, who is no longer a middleweight, Uh, So full-size, full-strength Alex Pereira. Strickland has been going full tilt with him. So if there is one guy 
uh, that Strickland can be with to prepare himself for somebody like Magomedov, who is known for his knockouts and his stoppages. Well, Alex Pereira, perfect guy to be training with. And look, Pereira has been working alongside Glover Teixeira as well. Many elements of his Brazilian jiu-jitsu game have been leveled up, uh, despite not being able to really display that inside the octagon. So Sean Strickland, not only under extreme couture, working with guys like Eric Nixick, or Eric, sorry, fucking hell, uh, Chris Curtis, all the guys that are there. So he's already at a world-class gym. Now he's been mixing it up with Alex Pereira, and we have this unknown entity, Abus Magomedov, at UFC level, has never faced a test like this. Well, they are about to kick this off. So final thoughts. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea who's going to win this, which is what I love in a main event and what the UFC matchmakers do so well. Uh, but head to head, I'm going to go with Abus Magomedov only just ever so slightly. Uh, but Sean Strickland, I'd be really happy to see him get his hand raised here. The shit talk has been funny. And yeah, this could end up, we never know. I am going with Abus because I believe the hype is real and he is on title shot trajectory. Uh, but Sean Strickland, he is the exact kind of guy who can shut down a hype train like this. He will expose Abus if Magomedov is not the star that maybe we think he is. So this is a hell of a main event. They are about to kick off. Let's get into it. Strickland, Magomedov, I will be back in just a moment with my thoughts and comments. All right, just quickly, I'm standing up, but like we're in the first round super early. Strickland has been poked in the eye by Abus. Could you believe it? It's been two, two and a half minutes since he's been poked in the eye. Says he has blurry vision. Uh, so I'm going to be back in a second. This fight could be over before it has even begun. So, wowee. I'll be back in a second. We're going to wait and see whether this develops. And I'll, I'll come back if the fight is back. Oh, oh, Strickland's good to go. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. That's my thoughts and comments. Fuck yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll be back after the fight now. Or, you know, if something big happens, we shall see. But yeah, I felt that was big. The fight looked like it may end there. Of course, Chris Curtis, Strickland's closest training partner, uh, he, he had an eye poke last time out, or a cut. No, it wasn't an eye poke. Uh, and he couldn't see, and the fight got stopped. This fight, not stopped. In fact, it's back on. We are back on. I'll be back in the moment with my thoughts, comments, and hopefully my English. Okay, we've just wrapped up the fight, and wowee. I think that might be the best performance of Sean Strickland's, yes, Sean Strickland's UFC career, which has been quite a lengthy one. He called for a title shot after the fight. Obviously, there's still Drikus Duplessis up against Robert Whittaker next weekend. Uh, but Sean Strickland, guys like Strickland and Cannoneer, amongst all these prospects now, starting to come forward to make this run uh, where a title shot is more, more up for grabs than ever. Israel Adesanya, or Adesanya, has 
always been up to face new guys and the best guys in the division. So it's a huge time right now. And Izzy hasn't yet faced Sean Strickland. If this performance was a couple of months earlier, I think we would have seen Izzy versus Strickland for the title. Uh, but now the way I see it, it's up to Whitaker and Duplessis, especially if one of them can achieve a finish in that fight. Strickland, though, does he wait and get the next title shot? I don't know if that's, if that's a given, but we'll have to see on that front. But let me get to the fight. And I spoke about uh, Strickland not only training with Alex Pereira, but also under the team at Extreme Couture, and both of those factored into this result. Strickland with the second round technical knockout over Abus Magomedov, who was so determined to prove himself at this level and silence a lot of the critics. Uh, now, round one, Abus Magomedov was all over Sean Strickland, so much so uh, that going into the second when Strickland was in the corner, he didn't have the best body language, but his corner, Chris Curtis, Eric Nixick, uh, and Lelax, they just reminded Strickland, this is a five-round fight. Abus with a lot of output in that first five minutes. Uh, so you would think that was a positive for Magomedov. Uh, but the team at Extreme Couture reminded Strickland, you have another 20 minutes to get to work. And yet Strickland, he's proven time and time again that he can go the distance and he can push a pace. So Magomedov, Extreme Couture, they had identified Magomedov's tired, man. I know he had that first round. So they come out in the second. Strickland just pours on the heat from fucking go to woe. Gets the finish. And in that last 90 seconds, last minute and a half of the second round, uh, still with three rounds to go after this, Abus Magomedov, who we'd only seen for 19 seconds at UFC level, despite being very experienced uh, outside of the promotion, he just faded. You could see in that last 90 seconds. Strickland had done so much work on the feet with his striking. Uh, and look, that, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, but it, going into that last 90 seconds, Magomedov was literally just trying to survive. And he couldn't. You could hear Extreme Couture. They're saying, go for it. Put the foot down, Sean. He did. Magomedov eventually dropped. Uh, referee Mark Smith gave Abus every opportunity. Could have been finished a little bit earlier, Strickland pouring down shots. But I do think in a main event circumstance, in what is the biggest fight of Magomedov's life, you do need to give a little bit more leniency. Yes, they will cop a little bit more damage that could affect them going forward. And you do want to put the fighter's safety first and foremost. It's got to be paramount. But Magomedov himself... Look, I'm sure he would be grateful that he got a little bit of an opportunity because say the referee had called it and Magomedov gets straight up, then it's like, ah, uh, whereas this, we get a decisive result. Strickland, clearly the winner. Unfortunate for Magomedov, who's now going to have to go back and assess he'll have to fight backwards for sure. Uh, but still, he, he's got time. It's a great lesson for him. But I want to get to that round two masterclass by Sean Strickland. That is the best, like, I know he has good striking, loves to get in like a phone booth type affair, which the Apex is great for, um, but this was his best striking. And he had a bit more power, a bit more punch in all of his strikes. Uh, and he managed to put Magomedov away. 
Alex Pereira. If he's been training at full tilt with Alex Pereira, he's been copying some, some shots, but he would also be getting fantastic advice. Strickland now, on the back of this, uh, after working with Pereira, being under extreme couture, he does find himself in title shot territory. Maybe, just maybe, they make him fight once more. Maybe give him a big payday. Get him on that Sydney card. I'd love to see him in Sydney. Uh, he'd be a great character down under. And of course, the main event of that will be Adesanya defending the title against either Whitaker or DDP. And with all these prospects emerging at 185, it could be a good idea to have Strickland fighting, even if you do like a cannoneer or something like that. But we will have to wait and see. What I do know is that the talking point, and very clearly, UFC Vegas 76 belongs to Sean Strickland. He said he was going to derail the hype train. He did. And it was his best performance, I believe, I've ever seen in the UFC. So that is great for Sean Strickland. For Abus Magomedov, an unfortunate result, but it's up to him now to bounce back. And I loved this card. There were so many prospects, and a lot of them shined through. Plenty of underdog victories today as well, which I love. Uh, and that sets us up heading to the UFC 290. And given it's International Fight Week, I will be going all out on the content of course, the preview podcast, going through every fight, giving my predictions. Uh, we will, of course, do another thoughts and comments. Uh, I talked to my boss, and she is lovely. She said, uh, basically to everyone, I'm doing the roster for the whole month of July. Just let me know your availabilities. And I said, I am available any day you need me, even Sundays when the UFC is on. But if I could just ask for one day, just one day, I would like to have UFC 290 off, please. And the wish has been granted. So thoughts and comments for UFC 290. And what I'm thinking, given it's International Fight Week, given I'm super hyped for the card, uh, I think that one's going to be a full live reactions podcast. So I'm going to start from the very first fight on the card, and we're going to go live reactions. So there you go. Today, uh, look, I woke up several times. In Australia, today's card started at 6 in the morning. And I had a pretty early night last night. I woke up and I was like, oh shit, is the UFC on? And I was like, okay, no, it is 2 a.m. And then I fell asleep. And then I woke up and I was like, oh shit, is the UFC on? And I'm like, no, it's 5 a.m. Okay, that's good. Like, I was immediately like, fuck, I've missed the card. I've slept in. Um, then... I wake up and it's 7.22, so I was like, ah, oh, shit, I've missed some, uh, but I tuned in just in time for the first finish of the night, an underdog finish, mind you, Charles Oliveira in the corner, the fight, the result, the victory belonged to Elvis Brenner, who we saw on that Perth card earlier this year, where he pulled off another upset victory as an underdog over Zubaira Tukugov. That's a very interesting and speaking of the card, uh, well, to finish the podcast, I thought I was actually going to fuse the final two parts together. Now, I have the performance highlights, as I said, going up on our Instagram at Not Just a Sports Report. All my picks for performances of the night. Sorry, guys, you don't get 50K if you win. 
I don't fucking 50k. Holy shit. Uh, there you go. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm as tight as Dana White, I guess you could say. Um, now I've also got, I don't know if I did fight of the night, but I've got an elite contender. I've got top prospect of the entire card, which was very tough to choose because there were about six or fucking seven top prospects. And I didn't choose Michael Morales because he didn't get the finish, but shout out to Michael Morales because in my heart, he is still my top prospect. Uh, but then there's Jack Della Maddalena. So I was like, you know, there's some shit going on at welterweight. But I'll get to that performance highlights. And I was going to go through the results of the whole card and then call it a day. Uh, so how I'm going to do that is fuse them both together. I'm going to go through each fight. And then if it's involved in the performance highlights on Instagram, uh, I'll mention it during the fight. Uh, so now there's nothing else to get amongst but the performance highlights and wrapping up the card that has just happened. Some phenomenal action, some new fresh names and faces in the mix, while some others defended their position with perfection. Guys like Sean Strickland. So let's jump into it now and finish the podcast strong. Fucking hell. All right, now let's get into all of the action from today's card. And I'll start uh, from the very first fight of the night. My man, Alexander Romanov. King Kong is back. Uh, he did gas there a little toward the end. Uh, but after two losses that stopped a lot of the momentum Romanov was building, uh, he bounced back against Blagoy, uh, Blagoy Ivanov who's a very, very tough opponent. I didn't think Romanov, despite being an explosive finisher, would be able to put Blagoy away. I did think this was going to go the distance, and I was curious as to how Romanov would handle that. Uh, I do think the smaller apex octagon favors Romanov and the way he likes to fight, and it's a great win in a division uh, that is crying out for a few more big names. So Alexander Romanov, he gets the win to start the night off. Uh, personally, as a big fan of his, it's good to see. It was a tough stretch there with the back-to-back -back losses, uh, but Romanov by decision. And as far as my pick for that fight, I did go with Romanov by decision. Uh, but then I was wrong in the next one, which was a theme for a few of my picks here. I didn't put the preview podcast out, so it was picks that I just either put a bit of money on or just watched. Uh, but Ivana Petrovic, 6-0 heading into this fight, uh, dominated for the full 15 minutes by Luana Karolina, the more experienced fighter. She takes away the O from Ivana's record, and Luana Karolina bounces back after a loss against Joanne Wood last time out. Elvis Brenner. Uh, this was a performance that deserves a lot of praise and should be spotlighted. A significant underdog from shoot box up against Guram Kutaladze. And Brenner, uh, look, he impressed me a lot with his showing to kick off the Perth card earlier this year against Tukagov. And again, he was bloodied, he was battered, he was beaten uh, by Kutaladze. But Brenner finds a way to win. Now, under the bright lights of the UFC, he is two from two. Lightweight division, look out. Not only do you have to worry about Charles de Bronx Oliveira, but Elvis Brenner. 
He's piling up quite the resume early on. Then after that, uh, this was a fight I was kind of potting around for, didn't play, uh, pay full attention to. Carol Rosa by decision over Yana Santos. Uh, that was my pick. I picked Carol Rosa. I didn't pick Elvis Brenner. That impressed me a lot. Uh, but Carol Rosa, yeah, she won by decision in a featherweight contest. Then we moved on to Joe Anderson Brito. Uh, calling out Dan Ige after the fight. Brito is an explosive finisher. And it's time he gets ranked opponents. He takes on Weston Wilson here. Uh, who took the fight on short notice. Gets knocked out in the first three minutes. And Joe Anderson Brito, the contender series graduate. Uh, he's really, really looking the goods here. And Featherweight, well look out. There's another star on our hands here. Very curious to see who they matchmake him with next. But given the call out of Dan Ige, uh, and going back to what Dan Ige said after beating Nate the Train Landwehr, Ige still wants to fight backward for a little bit and just get some runs on the board before going back uh, and fighting forward toward that title shot. So Dan Ige, Joe Anderson, Britu makes a ton of sense. I say book it. Very comprehensive win over Weston Wilson, who should be respected given there are active fighters on the roster who are not agreeing to fight Britu. Weston Wilson, there are short notice opportunities and then there are short notice fights against a guy like Britu. It's just a totally different beast. Good on Weston Wilson for taking on the challenge, not shying away. Uh, but Joe Anderson Britu, producing the goods and continuing to just rack up the fast finishes. Then, featured prelim, and it was a featured prelim. Big spotlight position. A lot of people watching to see how Kevin Lee would go in return to the Octagon. Had a spell outside the UFC. Got suspended for like Adderall or something fucking ridiculous. I'm not even going to get into that. I did have a win by decision over Diego Sanchez under the Eagle FC banner. But Kevin Lee fits back into the UFC up against Renat Vakradinov, who showed all the signs of being a top prospect, but the biggest concern for this 21-1 phenom uh, on the streak of a lifetime was the fact that pretty much all the guys he'd beaten fucking noobs, respectfully. Uh, so now to come out against Kevin Lee, he finishes him in 55 seconds, rocks him on the feet, Lee shoots for the takedown, and it's basically over from that point. Fakradinov, he cinches the choke. Kevin Lee, he's like out, but someone was screaming, uh, not screaming, but yelling from the corner saying he's out, he's out before the referee stopped the fight. So I think he was out for a little bit because Kevin Lee faced down afterward, which was a bit concerning. All the best, obviously, to Kevin Lee. Uh, but I think he was face down and it looked quite graphic because yeah, the choke was on for a little bit longer than maybe it needed to be. But for Renat Fakradinov, gets the win, and he had two mentions in the performance highlights. So let's get into a couple of the performance highlights. One of my performances of the night by submission, Renat Fakradinov in under a minute. Very comprehensive. Uh, but also, Fakradinov features in the top prospect feature, which was very hard to pick. So many prospects uh, amongst this whole card who all had phenomenal showings. 
Uh, but I've gone with Renat Fakradinov. He's on this huge run. He's 21-1. and one. He now has this match against Kevin Lee and just finishes him with ease. Has no scars, has no wounds. He will be good to go as soon as he's ready for another fight. Uh, and I think out of all the prospects today, the one most likely to now make that jump of fighting a ranked opponent next uh, is Renat Fakhradinov. So on the performance highlights, which are also on our Instagram, at not just a sports report, my top prospect also earning performance of the night honors Renat Fakhradinov. Then we move on to the main card, and this was action-packed, I'll tell you what. Uh, much like we finished, we started the main card in the middleweight division, which, as I keep saying, is looking for stars. Well, heading into this one, Bruno Ferreira, uh, who was supposed to fight Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, he gets a short-notice opponent with fucking over 40 professional fights in Nursultan Ruzaboyev. And now Bruno Ferreira, he was the one who was positioned to capitalize and really make a run within this division. He came out last time and shocked Robocop Gregory Rodriguez, who was a name Israel Adesanya had talked about. He could have fought for Izzy had he won that fight. So a shocking result in the Robocop fight, uh, that was in favor of Ferreira. And equally, if not more, shocking result in this one. Nurselton, holy shit. He absolutely floors Ferreira, finishes him in just over a minute, about 77 seconds, and he finished him powerfully. Just clipped, no, beyond clipped, clipped wouldn't even do it justice. He floored Bruno Ferreira, who was 10 and 0, takes the uh, O from his record. Ferreira absolutely floored Gregory Rodriguez last time out. Uh, but this time, again, the underdog wins in the fight, and it's Nursultan Ruizabuyev. Now, he also earned Performance of the Night honors for his knockout. Uh, that was a huge moment. I didn't see it coming, to be honest. I actually had picked Bruno Ferreira by knockout. Uh, but I've also nominated Nursultan as my one to watch, which isn't quite top prospect yet, uh, but one to watch is definitely someone I'm going to be keeping an eye on. I would suggest you do the same if you're a hardcore fan of mixed martial arts. This is a guy uh, to watch going forward. Very intrigued who they put him up against next. And like I keep saying, middleweight, they're looking for stars. We've just seen today Magomedov, Abus of the Abus variety. Uh, he was in the main event, unranked. So there are chances here for guys to make giant leaps forward. And Nurselton is one of them. So he is my one to watch from this entire card. Let's see how this very experienced fighter uh, can go on the back of that emphatic stoppage finish. Then we had Benoit Saint-Denis. Um, he had a performance of the night for me as well, submission. Now the more hyped star in this was Ismail Bonfim, coming off his Brazilian debut where he finished Terence McKinney, epic flying knee knockout. All the hype here was with Bonfim, with the winner of this fight starting to enter not just top 15 calculations, but future title challenger calculations. And it was Benoit Saint-Denis who proved far too strong. First round finish 
uh, just before the end of the round, and Bonfim just couldn't handle him. A submission uh, that earned performance of the night honors for mine. And after that, he made some huge callouts. Mateusz Gamrot, that was the main one. Armin Sarukian, which I'd love to see. Uh, Benil Dariush, I believe that was him. Might have been fucking Grant Dawson. No, I think it was Benoit Saint-Denis. So the Frenchman, he wants to get on the Paris card, which I believe is in September. So quick turnaround. He's positioned himself beautifully. I say he's going to be on there. And not just that, I say Benoit Saint-Denis will find himself in a featured main card spotlight. It may not be a pay-per-view, but think Mike Malott, Adam Fugit, and the positioning there when the crowd is hot, big-time matchup. Benoit Saint-Denis, not only has he earned it, uh, but now he is really starting to, he's starting to poise himself to become one of the biggest stars in a stacked division. So it's a big time for Benoit Saint-Denis. He is rolling since returning to the lightweight division. Three straight wins. Uh, and yeah, I think we could have a future title challenger on our hands. And then after that, we had Ariane Lipsky. Uh, she got a decision win over Melissa Gato. Very close fight. Uh, but for Lipsky, big bounce back. She did uh, enter this one on a losing streak. Well, she's got a win back, so that's the most important thing. And I thought she was really genuine, really great to listen to, uh, giving her thoughts after the fight. And then at the very end, she pulls her phone out in the most unnatural thing I've ever seen. I think it's, I don't even need to say the thing. It's like some betting thing on Instagram, bookie, bookie something. I know what it is, but I'm like, why fucking give it free advertising? But yeah, she... um like reading off her phone. She's like, oh, lastly, I would also, like literally just reading off her phone, like to thank Bookie so-and-so. So I was like, okay, very natural, very authentic. That in a position of influence, that is very influencing. I feel influenced. So Ariane Lipsky, look, the most important thing is that she picked up a win. So congrats to her. Then Michael Morales uh, defeated Max Griffin. Spoke about that one earlier. And biggest takeaway, definitely that Michael Morales, 15-0, and 0, he is a major star. He's my ultimate top prospect, uh, but I went with Renat Fakhradinov just based on his finish and likelihood that Renat is probably a bit closer uh, to fighting a ranked opponent next. Uh, but Michael Morales, 15-0, and 0, he is my ultimate top prospect. You have guys like Benoit Saint-Denis as well. And Grant Dawson, like I said, dominant against Demir Ismagulov. Uh, just Demir couldn't get anything going. It was complete washout on the scorecards. Grant Dawson, 20 wins, one loss, one draw. We have another star on our hands. And given Demir was ranked 12th, whilst Dawson was 15th, uh, Grant Dawson will move nicely into that 12th position. And I'll get to Grant in a moment, I have one other potential matchup. Uh, Sean Strickland, Abus Magomedov, that was fucking awesome. That was the highlight of the night, moment of the night. And I'll get to the final performance highlights and then we'll call the podcast there. But Sean Strickland dominating the bulk of the performance highlights. He had performance of the night, knockout, and out of the whole night, I believe that was the performance of the night. 
Uh, also, shout out to Benoit Saint-Denis, who got that epic submission. Talking point in the performance highlights. Strickland steals the show. After a huge action-packed day, lots of talking points. But at the very end, the biggest talking point and storyline going into this card, Strickland, proven, almost at title contention level. He's right there as far as a title shot against Abus Magomedov, this prospect who could overtake him in 19 seconds plus whatever it would have taken, potentially 25 minutes, for Abus to just leapfrog Sean Strickland. With Strickland, he didn't allow that, and it was just a masterclass performance. So talking point from UFC Vegas 76, Strickland steals the show. Now, we've had our one to watch, my new guy, huge fan of Nurselton. We've had many a top prospects headlined by Fakhradinov. Uh, sorry for my language. Sounds like I'm saying something a bit uh, suspect. Uh, but the top of the crop, the elite contender who has pushed far beyond top prospect status. And now, after being a main event guy, but maybe not an elite contender, training with Pereira, making some adjustments to his game, coming out and totally blitzing Abus Magomedov, Sean Strickland is my elite contender. I don't think he gets the next title shot, uh, but I'll get to Sean Strickland now because the very last performance highlight and to finish this podcast, next up, question mark. Uh, these are a couple of suggestions or maybe what I'd like to see next up. Sean Strickland, what is next for him after stealing the show here? Uh, I've gone Sydney. And no, not to fight Israel Adesanya. Although maybe he could be the perfect uh, replacement if something goes down for Izzy's challenger. So have him on the card. Have him in Sydney ready. If someone in the main event has to pull out, boom. You insert Strickland straight in there. Give him a title eliminator. He's in that position now. Uh, you have a little bit of time to establish, okay, who's going to get that fight? Maybe even Cannoneer, even though there's not a great rush. But I think UFC, the best way they can go is Strickland in Sydney. Uh, the same card is the middleweight title fight. And have him face someone that Izzy hasn't faced before. So that way, you're guaranteed another fresh challenger. And then even uh, if Whitaker or DDP win the belt, which could be a, a very legitimate reality, uh, you have a fresh challenger in the wings. Strickland, Brandon Allen, they fought before. Strickland's beaten him. Maybe Brandon Allen could push himself into that position, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. But I think Strickland in Sydney, it, it might not make the most sense, but that way, if he gets on that card, he wins, boom, you have another title challenger. And given Strickland's activity uh, and guys like Adesanya and DDP, and even Whitaker, if he wants to, uh, could get another fight in before the end of the year. Whitaker seems like a family man, so if it ends up being him that gets the belt, uh, I would say he'll probably have the rest of the year off. But Izzy, I wouldn't put it past Izzy, especially given this extended break in the middle of the year, uh, to go one more against Strickland to finish the year. But a lot to play out on that front. A lot of speculation there. But Strickland, what's next? 
I would love to see him on the Sydney card. Uh, Grant Dawson, what could be next for him? I went with Armin Sarukian. Sarukian having a real hard time finding guys who are ranked and willing to fight him. Now, Armin, he deserves to fight guys in front of him, and he is right there uh, as far as title contention. He just needs a dance partner. He needs credible names that he can beat, and it is not Armin's fault that guys aren't stepping up to the plate. Well, there are a couple of lightweight winners on this card, uh, but I've gone with Grant Dawson. Now sitting 12th in the ranks, he's beaten Demir Izmagulov. Uh, in recent times, that's been Sarukian's most impressive win as well. Sarukian is crying out. He's desperate for, to fight someone who's actually ranked and is going to help him get to a title shot, which he is so close to. Grant Dawson is now on the trajectory of going for a title shot himself. He just needs to bank up a few wins. So that makes sense to me. I don't know if it's what we'll see. It might not be the most exciting fan-friendly matchup in terms of like a striking war, but it makes sense to me. Armin looking for someone to fight that is going to help him progress to that title shot. Grant Dawson moving forward at a rapid rate. He's confident in his gym, American top team. I think Sarukian, he might be American top team himself, but you've got to fight the best. I wouldn't mind seeing that match up next. So Dawson, Sarukian, uh, Michael Morales and Mike Malott. I spoke about that earlier. Uh, two of my favorite guys in the entire promotion right now. Put them up against each other. They've both fought Adam Fugit. So yeah, why not? Let them cross paths. I would love to see it. Although I wouldn't want to see either of them lose. Uh, and then finally, Joe Anderson Brito called for Dan Ige. Ige wants to fight backward. Uh, but still be fighting top guys. That just makes sense. Britu, Dan Ige, yes, please. And that's it. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Uh, that's been the podcast. We've gone through all the fights. Had a lot of fun. Well, at least I have. Hopefully you have. Uh, and coming up, do not forget, heaps of UFC 290 content. Going to be posting uh, a bunch of things that aren't in podcast form over on our Instagram, at Not Just a Sports Report. Uh, also, podcasts. Going to be pumping out, pimping, pumping, fucking all of it. Pumping, pimping out uh, the UFC 290 Predictions Podcast. So many Australian and Kiwi talents, so I'm fired up for this one. And I think it's going to have a big bearing on what kind of card we see in Sydney. So it's going to be huge. A UFC 290 headlined by Volkanovski and Yaya Rodriguez for the UFC featherweight strap, undisputed baby. Uh, and of course, Moreno, Pantoja, bit of history there. I've spoken about the middleweight division. We're going to find out a number one contender uh, between Duplessis, Rob Whitaker. Another fight that is getting lost in all of these big fights that could be the best of the night. Jalen, the Tarantula Turner, who I love so much, one of my favorite fighters. Uh, but then he's facing not only one of my favorite fighters, a man from my hometown, Auckland, New Zealand, uh, Dan the Hangman Hooker. So that in itself is going to be massive. Uh, and across the whole card, there are some bangers there and a chance for some guys who are unestablished and some girls to make a name for themselves. 
So UFC 290, the predictions podcast. I'll be going through all the fights, uh, giving a preview and predictions. And I've already started the tape. I'm going all out uh, on the tape, the notes, the study. And I'm going to crunch the numbers. I have a feeling, I'm just letting you know, I have a feeling this next predictions podcast, we are going to be able to get on to some winners. I really strongly feel that. And I'm going to work hard uh, to make that a reality. So UFC 290 predictions pod. And of course, this time next weekend, after all the hype, all all the chatter, uh, especially my non-fucking English chatter, UFC 290 thoughts and comments, the live reactions podcast to every single fight from start to finish. A big pay-per-view coming up. So if you enjoyed today's pod, you will love the 290 pod. Uh, And as always, I appreciate your support. That is it for today, though. Thank you for listening. Cheers.